Welcome to another episode of Opera for Everyone. I'm Keely Heron. I'm Pat Wright. And on today's episode of Opera for Everyone, we are listening to another favorite by Giacomo Puccini. Well, it's actually less well-known than a lot of his big favorites, but it is by Giacomo Puccini, and it's La Rondine, which translates as The Swallow. Oh, like a bird. Like a bird. Aww. There, there are no birds in this. It's a, it's an image for us. Okay. Yeah. When I was a kid, we had swallows that would come back every summer, every spring, Tweety and Sweetie. Well, that's actually good information because there is someone who comes back to where she began oh, in the story. Foreshadowing. Well, yeah. A bit. Puccini knew his craft. Well, so it's funny because when we were just listening to the opening there, I was like, oh, yes, this is a Puccini opera. It sounds very Puccini-esque. Well, I didn't know if you noticed this. To me, I, I hadn't actually listened to the beginning of the music until just a moment ago. And to me, it sounds like the overture to a Broadway musical almost. Well, yeah. And I think that was when I was listening to Butterfly. It's so modern. It sounds really modern to my ear. Well, the thing so about La Rondine is, is it's, it is it is even different from uh, Madame Butterfly because La Rondine started out life as an operetta, not an opera. Oh. And tell me, I know we I forget this every time. The difference between an opera and an operetta is? Is, well, it's a continuum and different people will... Is it length? Put is the it pin content? later. It it. It's a, it's a it's a number of things. Among them, it is possibly length. It is um, there's going to be more spoken, uh, not dialogue. just sung dialogue mm-hmm. in it. Also, uh, it tends to be I don't know more frivolous or or just lighter, more fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a little lighter in general, not always, but in general, it's going to be a little lighter, a little bit closer to a Broadway. Musical. Right. And on that continuum, the Broadway musical would have even more spoken dialogue and, well, it might not necessarily be entirely light, but it's, there's not, I actually looked into this, there's not a super hard and fast definition, but it's one of those things, you know it when you see it. Right. You know, we know our Gilbert and Sullivan. Gilbert and Sullivan. We know our Gilbert and Sullivan, and they were very popular in the latter part of the 19th century and in Vienna during this period of time which by the way this premieres in 1917 in Monte Carlo oh really well it premieres in Monte Carlo because originally it is commissioned by uh, a performing I think it's called the Carl's Theater in Vienna when Puccini was in Vienna for the premiere of Girl of the Golden West Ah. The theater, which produced tons of operas, operettas, and there were um, there were many famous composers of operettas who would produce operettas at this theater in Vienna. And Puccini was commissioned to write an operetta, mm-hmm. and he thought he'd give it a whirl. Turns out he wasn't a fan of the operetta form. So mm. this, while it has hallmarks of operetta, it it is in fact an opera. It's mm. all of its. Puccini likes singing, but it, but it retains some of the characteristics a little bit lighter in tone, mm-hmm. a little bit. And we can all talk about the story as we go along. But just to mention the reason it premiered in Monte Carlo is because by the time the opera was ready or getting ready, Vienna, Austria, and Italy were at war. Yes. 
See, you know more history than you I give get, yourself credit for. You know, for. I get broad strokes sometimes. Yeah, yeah. So that Monte Carlo being neutral territory, that's where the premiere happened. Interesting. Yeah. So 1917. Yes. La Rondine means the swallow. That's right. About a, not necessarily about a bird, but La Rondine means the swallow, like the bird. I I think you could argue that our major character is the swallow. Okay. You don't even have to argue it. She just is. But just tuck that away in the back of your head and we'll get through the story. I hear a little piano music underneath. Let's pull that up and we'll talk about that song in just a moment and set the scene. But let's just listen to the music. Okay. All right. If you've just tuned in, you're listening to Opera for Everyone on 89.1 KHOL. And on today's episode, we're listening to La Rondine by Giacomo Puccini. Well, Pat, who was that beautiful tenor? That was the poet. So he's very romantic in his presentation. Prunier. And he is actually the male half of what in a musical we would call the B couple. Oh, yeah. Okay. Right. So the A couple is the stars and then the B couple are actually the interesting ones. Yeah. <laughs> Very, very interesting. Yeah. So let me set the scene for you. We're in this beautiful salon, this beautiful living room. And the woman who's clearly the hostess mm-hmm. there is our title character, La Rondine. But mm-hmm. her actual name in the show is Magda. Okay. And she is entertaining all of these very finely dressed people. And there's clearly a man of great stature whose home, in fact, it is. She is, is that her husband or she's just the... It's not her husband. It is definitively not her husband. It is, you probably know words better than I do. She is a, a courtesan, a kept mm-hmm. woman, his mistress. This is where she's entertaining everyone. She is beautiful. She is socially Gifted. competent. She's like the social graces are yeah. a strong suit for her. Uh-huh. But the poet comes in and he begins to say... 
oh, in pa- it's by the way, we're in Paris. And he says, oh, in Paris, it's all the rage for people to talk about romantic love. And the guy whose house it is, and his name is Romaldo. And Romaldo is just like, oh, that's very impractical. That's not how the world works, mm-hmm. my friend. Right. And he says, yes, you're probably right, but this romance is all the fashion. Amorous glances, furtive embraces, kisses, sighs, but nothing more. So this this romance, for the sake of romance, for the fun of it all, for the yeah. game. And Romaldo's like, that's and, silly. And, and Magda is taking it very seriously, not for the game at all, but for thinking, oh, wouldn't that be interesting if there was actual love? where there was someone you just couldn't live without, that you just adored so much, that might be a nice change for me, is what she's more or less thinking. Oh, because she's kind of in an arrangement. Yeah, oh, she's totally in an arrangement. And Prunier even says, this this is our poet, he says, oh, this new affliction, let's call it an epidemic, or perhaps better to say a folly. It's wrecking the entire female population. And you see our main character thinking, yeah, that, that would be nice. That would be very nice. So Prunier, he's a very talented poet. He also plays the piano. When we hear the piano oh, that, yeah, that clearly, mm-hmm. there's a piano on stage and he is playing it. He says, even dear Doretta falls victim to this mania for, for romance. And he begins to sing the song of Doretta which is sort of interesting and everyone's like who's Doretta he's like she's like a character in my in my imagination but he begins to talk about Doretta but he can't quite finish the song and Magda says I know how to finish the song thereby showing us her embrace of the romantic notions Mm. so you actually if you if you look at a track list for the opera there are two back-to-back songs from the opera which have the same title because one is Prunier's version and one is Magda's continuation of the story. She finishes the story for oh. him. Yeah, it's kind of interesting because she explains that there's a king who has asked a young woman to trust in him mm-hmm. and he promises all the riches to her. And the king thinks she's beautiful and he just wants to possess her as the king. But Magda says, no, no, this Doretta, she will not give in to the king. She decides to remain free because she can't be bought with gold. And she says, well, one day she finds a young student who kisses Doretta. And that kiss is so passionate that she now knows what passion is. Mm. So she goes on to talk about the classic choice between... The rich Safety, guy who may not really be comfort, your security, love match, right. and the true love match who may not provide economic security. Right. And she sings the praises of the true love match. So let's hear her sing her song about Doretta. Okay. And so this is Chi il bel sogno di Doretta. And that's the beautiful dream of Doretta. Who could guess the beautiful dream of Doretta? Il bel sogno. There we go. Oh, okay. If you've just tuned in, you're listening to Opera for Everyone on 89.1 KHOL. And this is the third song from La Rondine by Giacomo Puccini. And this is Doretta, ta- or actually, sorry, this is Magda. Yes. Talking about the glory of romantic love. <laughs> 
who could know the beautiful dream of Doretta Pat? Well, Magda believes Apparently, she knows yeah, it. Yeah, Magda is feeling it. Yeah, yeah. And in fact, she says after she finishes with the song, Ah, my life, riches are unimportant if happiness has blossomed. It's a golden dream to find love like this. And Prunier is cheering her on. The poet is cheering her on. But not so her her man, the guy whose house it is, Rambaldo. He says, oh, I don't believe in this romantic stuff. And Prunier says, oh, there's a romantic devil in the depths of every soul which is stronger than me, than you, than all of us. And Rambaldo says, No, no, my devil's asleep. Because <laughs> <laughs> he's old and he's tired. Yeah, and right. he just needs a nap. <laughs> and, and the women in the room are like, Oh, that's so sad. He says, And besides, I can defeat that devil. I arm myself with holy water. At which point, he pulls out of his pocket, Again, not really water. Whiskey? A beautiful jewel case, a box that has a magnificent necklace. Oh. And he gives it to Magda, of course. That's how he arms himself. Right. It's not holy water. It's jewelry. It's jewelry. It's a bribe. And she takes it, but doesn't act super impressed. She's like, oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, trinkets, darling, trinkets. (laughs) It's so so true. Now we have another character to introduce, and it's Lisette. Ooh, who is Lisette? Lisette is the spunky maid. Of course. She is the spunky maid. (laughs) Don't you love a spunky maid? Doesn't everybody? Yeah. She is the spunky maid, and she goes up to Rambaldo, and she says, Excuse me, sir, there's... There's a man. He's he's here again. He just keeps coming back. He wants to see you. And Rambaldo hasn't interrupted his party because, you know, he's an important man and sure. other people have to wait for him. But Lisette is more or less pleading on his behalf because the young man keeps keeps coming and coming. And finally, Rambaldo says, Magda, please permit me. The son of an old friend of mine has arrived. Uh-oh. Anyone's eyebrow going up now? Yeah, this sounds... <laughs> Dangerous. Yes, yes, yes. But while uh, Rambaldo is off stage meeting this young man, we have a little interaction which is, is very sweet, where Prunier, the poet, turns to Magda and is like, How do you stand that maid of yours? She's so surly because she, you know, she makes little comments. She doesn't necessarily act entirely quiet and deferential. But Magda jumps in and says, no, I love Lisette. She's a terrific girl. She might be meddlesome, but she's amusing and she brings sunshine into my life. So they have quite a, a happy little relationship of mistress and, and maid, but, mm-hmm. but she appreciates the surliness. And she kind of reminds me of, who is the maid in Cosi Fantuti? Dor. Despina. 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 She seems a little bit like Despina. A little bit. Yeah. A little bit. I'm a maid and I don't care. I can say whatever I want. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there are are real differences. But in terms of being a spunky maid, yes. Yes. So Lisette is spunky. And Magda is like, I like that. And Mm -hmm. Prunier is like, well, that sounds really tiring and Rambaldo is like I'm gonna go talk to this guy that's here meanwhile I've just 
dumped a fortune in your hands by way of a very expensive necklace. Yeah. And Magda's friends are are chiding her a little bit, the other women at the party, like, why aren't you appreciative of his gestures more than you are? Mm-hmm. Because he treats you so well. And she's like, well, I suppose. She says, money. There's nothing else but money. But come now, let's be truthful. I'm convinced that you're like me and often regret not being a girl who's really happy with her boyfriend. And so she reminds them of dreams. And she she has told the story of the day she left her aunt, who we understand, as she tells the story, was her guardian. In other words, she runs away from home. Mm -hmm. And one of the first places she ends up is at this cafe, Bullier's. Mm -hmm. And she meets a young student, sounding familiar. She meets a young student, and they have a lovely night. And he pays generously for the beers that they drink and they dance and it's the most passionate kiss she's ever had but that's a dream that doesn't continue but she embraces that dream and reflects on that dream so wait but that really happened it wasn't a dream no it but wasn't it was like but she does not accept then... it as her real life she mm-hmm. goes on to make sure she's provided for right because she does become this successful mistress courtesan and she tells her friends Dreams can never be forgotten. That evening that I ran away from my old aunt seems like yesterday. Why couldn't it still happen tomorrow? So let's go ahead and hear the song where she tells us all of this, reflecting happily on a piece of her youth that perhaps she regrets letting go of. Mm, maybe she's going to try and re-spark that. Oh. She's going to try and re- re- rebuild that dream. Mm-hmm. Okay, if you've just tuned in, you're listening to Opera for Everyone on 89.1 KHOL. And on today's episode, we're listening to La Rondine by Giacomo Puccini.
You're listening to Opera for Everyone on 89.1 KHOL, and that was the lead title in Giacomo Puccini's La Rondine, Magda, singing about money and how it doesn't fill your soul and make you happy. Right, and reminiscing about that one night at that cafe in Paris, Bouliers, where she met this young student, and she didn't stay with him, but she holds close the romantic dream that it ignited in her even though she's come to a very practical arrangement in her own living where she's with this very wealthy man and she's the hostess at his 
beautiful salon in Paris. But because of the poet Prunier, she's thinking a little bit more about the, the romantic love. And as she does all of this singing about this past experience, the one thing I didn't tell you ahead of time, because I wanted you to hear the passion yeah, the kind and of the, the wistfulness. Yeah. Yes. She says, and a distant voice said to me, protect protect your heart my dear the spell of kisses and smiles is paid for with floods of tears right the price of love is the pain of loss there we go Mm -hmm. well done so that i didn't make that up i heard somebody told me that (laughs) i'll give you credit for it i haven't heard it but that that's another i'm i it's a it's a sentiment that bears saying because she's She's really she tasted it. And she's then, wistful about yeah. it, but then she's ultimately very practical with her choices so far. <laughs> well, it's interesting in some of these operas that we listen to, there are arrangements that I think still continue in a modern sense, but it's oh, yeah. just not as on the table. Right. You know? So right. like back in the nineteen seventeen or when was this? Nineteen seventeen? Well it that's when it is first produced. It's set in the 1860s, Paris, but yes. So in times gone by, it w- that was a legitimate thing that a woman would do if she weren't going to get married. She would have an arrangement with a wealthy older man, and he would set her up, and she would entertain him. Absolutely, absolutely. And, he's and she was an orphan, and that was a good choice for her, right? Right. That's right. Yeah. It was very practical, and she's obviously very smart and very talented to be able to be the hostess and entertain people at these levels of society mm-hmm. which she clearly is doing so it's so she's a she's a kept woman but she's not necessarily uh it, this isn't a shameful no situation okay no everyone in the room knows what the what the deal is right and they're all having a great time right right she's a lovely they're just lovely hostess popping popping corks right. and hanging out and singing about love and whatnot well not long after what we've just heard, Prunier, who keeps talking about these romantic adventurers, and by the way, Prunier, on and off, on and off, is like making little jabs at Lisette, to the point where you're going, what's up with those two? Mm. Mm. Is he like doing the adult version of, I'm pulling your hair because I like you? Well, sort of. Yeah, perhaps. Sort of. Right. So Prunier, still engaging with Magda here in his conversation, he says... I was born for romantic adventures, and with a woman, you can always tell what's going to happen by looking at the palm of her hand. Uh Uh-oh. So he takes Magda's hand to read what her destiny is. So what's her destiny? Well, apparently she has a portentous and mysterious future. So says Prunier. So portentous means like uncertain or... Good stuff. Oh, good stuff. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's promising. Promising good stuff. Hmm. That's what, I mean, that's what Prunier says. He's just a poet. He's a poet. <laughs> yeah, right? So there's a little interweaving of action at this point. We get Rambaldo and Lisette on the stage, sort of on one side, and Lisette is presenting this young man who has come to visit. Mm-hmm. The, the son of... The son uh, of his old friend. Rambaldo's old friend. And... and she presents him. This is Ruggero Lastuc. And Lizette, in her surly maid way, here, here he is. And she goes off. Right. <laughs> and Rimbaldo greets him. 
And Ruggiero says, oh, I'm so sorry, but here's the letter my dad wrote to give to you. <laughs> so he, re- he reads the letter at where the father basically introduces, this is my son, please show him the ropes in Paris. He's stranger in town. Right. And meanwhile, this is happening. And we have Prunier and all the women continuing to interact with this whole palm reading bit, which is where he talks about what her future is going to be. And then Prunier tells her, with a very serious look and tone, you are swept by destiny. Perhaps like the swallow, you will migrate across the sea toward the bright land of dreams, toward the sun, towards love. And perhaps, and he goes on to sing this lovely song. It's very short, but let's hear it. And this is perhaps like the swallow. That was a short song. It was, but it gets the point across. It introduces us and actually within the show itself ties Magda to the name The Swallow. Aha. La Rondine. And now our young tenor gets to introduce himself to us. Oh. And he's going to sing about this new town that he's in. And it is called Paris is the City of Desire. Oh. All right. If you've just tuned in, you're listening to Opera for Everyone on 89KHOL. And we're listening to La Rondine by Giacomo Puccini. And now we're going to listen to a story from the latest character introduced in the opera, who is Ruggiero, the son of Magda's lover's friend. And he's going to talk about Paris and how it's the city of desire.
So that was the introduction of Ruggiero. Yes. Talking about how exciting Paris is. Romantic at heart. He's a boy from the countryside in to see the big city, the city of lights, Mm, the city of desire. The city of desire. That's what he was singing about, yeah? Yeah. And Prunier scoffs at this idea because he's sort of... He's a jaded poet who's always lived in Paris. There we go. Just that. And Lisette jumps in and says, I'm a Parisian woman. I, I know what's up. You're just some out-of-touch poet like this is real Paris is fun your first night in Paris is a big deal yeah and so Lisette and Prunier don't be a hater Prunier exactly exactly Prunier and Lisette are yipping at each other for a while there and Lisette is like no he has to have a wonderful evening it's his first night in Paris this is a special night that you can't ever get back and she says there's nothing like seeing Paris for the first time and Prunier is just getting annoyed, annoyed. But Lisette's got a mission. And she to grabs... To annoy Prunier? No, to make sure that Ruggiero oh, has show a, him a fun good time. Oh. Yeah, I mean, she's yeah. not personally going to show him a good time, but she's going to point the way. Mm. So she gives him a piece of paper and a pencil to write with. And she and the other women there are like, let's think, where should we tell him to go? And they mention a few little cafes. And you could almost have guessed this since there's only been one cafe mentioned the by name. Beaulieu or whatever. Yes. And finally, Lisette goes, ah, no, he should go to Beaulieu. And he should go to Beaulieu's and have a wonderful time. That's it. That's it. And Ruggiero gets up and he goes off, presumably to go to the, the cafe. cafe. Exactly. And have a wonderful time. Exactly. As prescribed by Lisette. And Lisette is having a wonderful time and Magda's like, oh, you've probably confused the poor young man. Lisette's like, he's fine. And there we have the group. And then we hear everyone singing Bonasera, Bonasera. Right. And that's all the guests leaving for the night. Oh, right. Okay. Because even though they're in Paris, they're speaking Italian because Puccini was Italian. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Just like La Boheme. Yeah. Welcome to opera. <laughs> Super confusing. <laughs> it's always confusing. There's always a mishmash of cultures. So they all say goodnight. Magda's left alone, and she kind of just flops down, as one does when all your party guests leave. She flops down on the couch. To look at a really expensive necklace and think about how much she doesn't love the guy that she's with. Interestingly, she goes back to the concept of the swallow. Oh. Like, perhaps I'll be like the swallow, and I'll migrate across the sea toward a sun-filled land of dreams, toward the sun. And she kind of walks over and she sees, because she hasn't been paying attention to Lisette and all her mm-hmm. silly nonsense, all her sunshine, she picks up the piece of paper where they had written the names of all these places. And she went, oh, Beaulieu's, that's it. Because remember, that's where she had that amazing romantic. Oh. And she decides to go to Beaulieu's. Uh-oh. And interestingly, she's going to dress up not in her nice fancy oh, clothes. Oh, she's going to dress up like a student. She's going to dress up in her maid's, cl- you know, everyday looking clothes. Not, you know, like an ordinary woman. Not right. like a... Fancy lady. Not like a lady who's got a lot of money lavished upon her. Mm. She's going to throw on a denim shirt. So she's gone off to do all this and we have Prunier and Lisette on the stage. Left these, alone. These two who are just nipping at each other the whole time. They nip, they nip. And I mean, the, the title of the song says it all. I love you, liar. 
And they just carry on with this love. Back and forth little. Little jibes, the whole bit. So let's listen to their song, Te Amo. All right. Monti. Oh, oh dear. <laughs> All right. If you've just tuned in, you're listening to Opera for Everyone on 89.1 KHOL. And we are listening to La Rondine by Giacomo Puccini. You're listening to KHOL, 
and this is Opera for Everyone. On today's episode, we're listening to La Rondine by Giacomo Puccini, and we've just heard uh, a duet between two characters, Prunier, a poet, and Lisette, a maid. A saucy maid. And what were they talking about? And, and they're what we would call the bee couple, right? They're a little comedic because they're always just nipping at each other. Right. In fact, in this I Love You song, one of the first things he says, oh, you ought to know in truth I despise you. A poet like me can only love rich women. So he, they're just always picking at each other, always picking at each other. And she says, but do you love me? He says, I love you. Well, why are you stooping down to such a low level to hang out with me? And they're just on and on and on with this nonsense. But that's Lisette and Prunier. Honestly, from the beginning of the opera, when I saw it... You're cheering for them, aren't you? Well, you have no idea that they're a couple. Oh. Because he's always just insulting her as the surly maid... Right. ...of Magda, who he lavishes with attention. But that's Magda's role, to soak up right. the... You know, she's the alpha female. But Lisette, nobody pushes around Lisette. She's doing fine. But Prunier helps to push her around, because she comes out with a hat on. He goes like, I, I don't like that hat. Go put a different one on. And she comes, keeps coming out with various pieces of clothing. He's like, no, no, I don't like that. Go put another one in. Ultimately, she dresses herself entirely out of Magda's closet. So she has some lovely clothes on. I mean, they don't they don't have quite the high class look as when Magda wears them because sure. she doesn't quite have the uh, the practice wearing those sorts of clothes. But there they are. You know, she can pass. She they're they're nipping at each other. And they, of course, are also getting ready to go. Oh, to Bulgays. Of course. That's where the action is. Oh, and so she's wearing all of Magda's clothes, and Magda's wearing all of her clothes. Right. Although, like I say, Lisette is not really, no one's going to mistake her for a high-class courtesan. Mm -hmm. She's just a little too earthy for that. But Prunier approves of what she's wearing, and you get a sense of how they pick at each other, but try to please each other nonetheless. Right. It's kind of cute. And that, in fact, ends... Act one. Oh. With everyone getting dressed and getting ready to go to out. To go out for the evening. That's right. And we just have time to begin act two with our very first song. Okay. And this is one that is reminiscent, to me at any rate, it is reminiscent of the beginning of the second act of La Boheme. Mm. When all of our characters are at a cafe yes and there's hustle and, and there's eve, bustle and okay it's not christmas eve here but right but there's people are they're in a cafe and... they're out to have a good time mm. it's some of the characters are people who don't do this typically i'm thinking specifically of ruggero and there's just all this action and activity and people out in paris in both operas for that matter so let's listen to this fun beginning introduction to a night out in paris the City of Desire. Thank you. 
You're listening to Opera for Everyone on 89.1 KHOL, and we've just begun Act 2 of Giacomo Puccini's La Rondine. The Swallow. So just as a refresher, the opera is set in sort of 1860s Paris. That's right. And at the beginning of Act 2, we open on a bustling cafe on a on, a, on an evening when everyone's out having a great time. Right. And the title of that track was... Fiori Freshi, Fresh Flowers. Yes, it's very bustling, very bustling. And Magda enters and people are talking to themselves. Who is that woman? Who is she? Who is she? She's she's humble, but she's pretty. Is she respectable? And they're all kind of talking to each other, talking to each other about who could be this person. Because even though she's like sort of a high-class courtesan lady she's wearing normal clothes but maybe even normal clothes she's got a little bit of that star power yeah exactly yeah. exactly and then there are a group of young men who gather around her and they say hi we're students and playboys they're like hey girl hey girl we're a bit audacious and very talkative we are rich in joy generous in kisses uh money is much rarer for buy, us buy us a beer <laughs> buy us a glass of wine hey so they're 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 cozying up to her because she looks like she might be fun and they notice that she glances over at Ruggero oh. our young friend and he's sitting alone at the table and they go oh oh sorry sorry we didn't understand here you go madam Right here. This is your date. This is the man you were looking for. Oh, dear. Because she looks at him with a certain level of recognition. Right. Interestingly, Ruggero does not recognize her. Oh. So it's it's almost like she's on like a Tinder date, but she looks really different from her profile. I, You're speechless. I hadn't thought of it that way. <laughs> They're like, they met online. They're showing up at the place. Well, she hasn't exactly met him, and she is not actually in search of him. She's gone to this place to relive this this lovely night of her dreams, of her memory. Right, I forgot about that. And it happens to be the place that Lisette recommended to for his first magical night in Paris. Mm-hmm. Will it surprise you to know that it is, in fact, going to be a magical night for him? Uh, I I mean, yeah. if I were a betting person, I would have bet on that probably. Absolutely, absolutely. So this, the students, those, those lively, poor Playboys, Playboy students, <laughs> escort her to the table, assuming that this is the date that she's looking for. And she sits down and he looks and she says, oh, I'm so sorry. Excuse me. Excuse me. But I kind of needed to get away from those guys. And you You, don't you were alone. You don't look like you're going to be creepy. So can I sit here (laughs) is more or less what she says. (laughs) And they start talking. 
And she goes, okay, okay, they're they're gone. I'll get up and leave. He goes, like, no, please stay. Please stay. And he stay. still doesn't recognize her. Well, he didn't really look at her that much. He was busy uh, interacting with his Lisette father's friend and, and right. Lisette. So she didn't, she hadn't really interacted with him. I see. And so he says, no, don't don't go. You're you're so pretty. And you seem so different from all these other women here. And that's flattery. Mm-hmm. And Magda says, really? And he says, absolutely. You're... You're timid and you're alone and you remind me of the girls of my hometown, full of smiles and youth. And you're very beautiful, just like they are. And unlike most of these women in here who have to do a lot to doll themselves up, just a flower in your hair is enough. You're so pretty. So she kind of likes that. It's simple and sincere. And she says, well, I wish I could be like these girls you're talking about. I wish I could dance the way they do. And he gives his arm to her and he says, well, let's give it a try, shall we? And she's a little shy, but she gets over it. She totally gets over it. And she says to herself and to us, the audience, what a strange adventure this is like long ago. And Ruggiero goes, what are you you saying? And she says, I'm just saying how happy I am to be on your arm. Uh Oh, yeah. Let's listen to this song where she sits at his table and says, excuse me. You're listening to Opera for Everyone, a radio show and podcast that makes opera understandable, accessible, and enjoyable for a mainstream audience. It airs Sundays from 9 to 11 a.m. Mountain Time on 89.1 KHOL in Jackson, Wyoming. KHOL is Wyoming's only community radio station. Opera for Everyone is hosted by me, Keely Heron, and me, Pat Wright. 
If you like what you hear, please subscribe to our podcast on iTunes or SoundCloud. And like our Facebook page, Opera for Everyone, where you can also send us a message. Thank you for listening. Thanks for listening. And we hope you enjoy the second half of today's episode. Welcome back to the second half of today's episode of Opera for Everyone. I'm Keely Heron. I'm Pat Wright. And on today's episode, we are listening to La Rondine by Giacomo Puccini. Which translates as The Swallow. And you know I, wa- what time it is? I walk into it. I, you know, there, there was a couple <laughs> weeks ago where I remember, but I walk, I'm like, so bring us up to speed, Pat. And you're like, nope. It's your turn. It's my job. Well, this is the infamous opera helmet quiz. The opera wherein Keely recaps. I donned don the opera helmet because opera is a full contact sport. Okay. La Rondine is an opera in three acts by Giacomo Puccini with an Italian libretto set in Paris in the 1860s. So the title character in the opera is Magda and she is the swallow, La Rondine. And uh, she's a high-class courtesan. She's a kept woman of a wealthy older gentleman named Rambaldo, who is her protector. Rambaldo. Rambaldo. And they are having a party at the salon, and in attendance are Prunier, who is a poet, and also Ruggero, who arrives kind of late to the party. And Ruggero is the young son of one of Rambaldo's best friends. Right. There are other people there as well, but... These are the ones that we are We didn't focus on them. Yeah, they're but they're like, there. They're they're hanging out, and Prunier is reading her palm and telling her that she's going to have a portentous encounter in her future and something. I don't really remember what else, but that there's, like, love in her future. And so they're all talking about romantic love and how great it is and how people shouldn't give up on romantic love. And Except who? except uh, Rombaldo, who thinks yeah. that's just silly. And then he hands Magda an expensive necklace and is like, I'm not subject to the devil of romantic love because I have holy water. Here, Magda, here's a big fancy necklace. And Lizette, who is the surly maid, is going back and forth with Prunier, like saying like, oh, Prunier, you're such a goofball and he's kind of doing the same to her and they're back and forth and sniping at each other and Lizette is brings in Ruggiero towards the end and introduces him to the patron Rombaldo and says like here's your friend's kid and Ruggiero gives him a letter from his dad saying hey Rombaldo show my son around Paris make sure that he doesn't get in any trouble he's a young kid from the countryside so please take care of him and Rombaldo is like okay I will and then he says Lizette what should Ruggiero do and so she comes up with this list of things that he should all cafes yeah (laughs) Uh, which isn't like a cafe in the sort of American sense it's the cafe in the sort of French sense where you go and you drink wine and beer and hang out dance and and sing and and rub up shoulders with all kinds of people yeah and so at that point he's like okay that's great thanks Lizette for all the recommendations and she says well the place you need to go is this cafe Bullier which is amazing and Interestingly enough, Café Boulier was also the location of an encounter that Magda, our 
Swallow had when she was a young student. And she met this... Well, she wasn't a student. She was a young woman. She was a young woman. And she met this guy who was a young student. And they had a magical evening where they drank and they danced and they kissed. But that was it. And it never went anywhere. But because Magda is a very sensible young woman, she was orphaned and she needed to look after herself. And that's how she found herself in this arrangement with this wealthy older man. Fast forward to this night. I'm kind of bouncing around here. Doing great. Fast forward to this night. Magda and Prunier and Magda's girlfriends are all talking about romantic love. And she's getting a little bit wistful and saying, oh, you know, I I really am, am safe and secure. And I have, you know, some money and this man loves me and he takes care of me. But I'm really not happy because I'm not really in love with him. And... Remember that night when I met this kid and or this guy and we had this great night and would it be nice to feel those feelings again? And Prunier is like, yes, romantic love is the best. You should never give up on that. And look, your fortune, according to your palm, says that you're going to have that again. And so she's kind of like, la, 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 la. And so then everybody leaves and Ruggiero goes to the, the cafe that Lizette recommended and for some reason, then Prunier and Lizette, the poet and the maid, are sitting there talking about... I think it may be Lizette's favorite spot. <laughs> oh, yeah, for sure. But they're sitting there in the apartment still, in the, in the oh, flat. And, uh, and for some reason, Lizette is wearing her mistress's clothes. So she's wearing some of Magda's clothes because Prunier is like, I don't like your clothes. Go put on something fancier. So she gets all dressed up. But then... At the same time, Magda's like, I'm going to go out back to this place where I had this magical encounter when I was a young woman and see if I can recapture that feeling of love and happiness. And so, but in order to go out, she can't be dressed like a courtesan. So she wears Magda's clothes. Yeah. And then that's the end of act one. Mm -hmm. And then we open on act two at the cafe and it's all bubbly and bright and people are dancing and drinking and having a great time. And Magda is at a table, and sitting nearby is Ruggiero, the... Well, actually, before she is at a table, she walks in and is surrounded by these oh, right, young right, men. Oh, right, right, right. Okay. So I thought she was at a table, and they came up and talked to her. But she walked in and saw all these, like, fraternity guys, basically, of the <laughs> yeah. 1860s in Paris, are saying, like, hey, girl, you're cute. You want to hang out? And she's like, uh, I don't know. And then she spots Ruggiero, and they're like, oh, we see. Well, here you go. Sit with him. So they sit down, but Ruggiero doesn't recognize her because he didn't really meet her because it was the end of the party, and she was busy getting her palm read and talking with her friends and Prunier, the poet. And so he doesn't recognize her, and also because she's wearing, like, maid's clothes, you know, very humble clothing. Um, Country girl clothes. Country girl clothing. But she has a flower in her hair, and she looks very beautiful. And he says oh, you're really pretty. You remind me of the girls from home. And she says, oh, I'm so sorry to bother you. Maybe I said, you know, I didn't mean to sit down. These guys just kind of pushed me. And he says, no, no, you should stay. And so she says, well, I'm kind of nervous. And he says, well, let's have a dance. Mm -hmm. And so then they dance. And then she says, I'm so happy to be here dancing with you. And that's where the first half of the show ended. Right? Fabulous. Well done. Okay. I bounced around a little Très bit. Très bien. Okay. Merci beaucoup. <laughs> okay. So that's the first part of La Rondinée and then the very, very first part of Act 2. That's right. Okay. So now now where do we go from here, Pat? Well, we carry on with Act 2. Shall we hear the dance music? Yes. That they will dance to? And by the way, you may hear throughout a lot of the bits of music that we're playing on this episode of Opera for Everyone 
You may hear songs with a bit of a waltz beat to them. Because please recall what I said in the beginning of the show, that this was originally commissioned by a theater in Vienna. Ah. Epicenter of waltz life. It was commissioned to be an operetta. Puccini changed that plan. But the waltz music, not just for dancing, but in other places, you hear the... Bum, 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 bum. You hear it. So let's so, listen to the, so the music that Ruggiero and Magda dance to. All right. If you've just tuned in, you are listening to Opera for Everyone on 89.1 KHOL.
Well, so that that music was definitely Walty. It, it, I instinctively felt like I needed a stein of beer and perhaps a sausage with some good German mustard. <laughs> One of those nice salty pretzels. Yeah. <laughs> but then, so who? So there was two voices at the end, and the guy had that kind of... Well, before we talk about those two voices okay. at the end, and I promise we will, okay. we should point out that this was a glorious scene of dancing, not just with our two main characters, Ruggiero and Magda. Yes. But we have the entire cafe, everyone there having a fabulous time. It seemed raucous. They were having a great time. So those two voices at the end. Mm-hmm. Well, who are the two people bickering and picking oh, right. at each yes. other? Oh, right. Yes. Lisette and um, Prunier. Lisette and Prunier. Right. And the- it reminded me of the last opera, that the last Puccini opera that we did, uh, Gianni Schicchi, where... Uh, was it Gianni Schicchi was impersonating? Remember? Oh, yeah. Where he was like, I'm an old person. Yes, where he, he remember, was impersonating Boazo. Boazo, right. The deceased yeah. Boazo. Right. But it had that same, do you know, do you remember what I'm talking about? It had that same kind of funny, like, Right. Sound. Although Prunier is not impersonating anyone here, but he, he's just being. Well, they, they kind of burst into the scene, or at least into our consciousness of the scene, and he's like, Dignity, please, please. So he's he's always trying to correct Lisette. And Lisette is like, buddy. She's like, dude, we're in a cafe. I'm going to do, I'm going to do me. You do you. Okay. <laughs> this is what you got. I'm in a cafe. I'm here for a good right. time. Don't, don't try to tamp me down here. That's right. just not going to be successful. Right. right. You can try. No, she doesn't really want him to try. Right. Okay. It's not going to work either way. No, not at all. Not okay, at so all. so uh, Magda and uh, Ruggiero well, were dancing. So after you've had a huge dance in a cafe, what do you want? Beer. Beer. And that's exactly what happens next. What heat? What thirst? Oh, dear. And he orders two beers. And when he orders the beers, she grabs his arm and says, Oh, would you please overpay and tell the waiter to keep the change? And you may recall that was part of that experience long ago that that student had done the same thing, overpaid, Mm -hmm. told the waiter. And he's like, well, I don't know why you're asking me to do this, but but sure, I'll do this. They get their beers. (laughs) They toast. Uh, She says, he says, to your health. And she says, to your loves. And he immediately takes offense. He says, no, when I love, it'll be one love forever. Oh, I just got chills. Don't toast for my loves. That's that's wrong. He's like, I'm a simple country boy. That's right. In the city of lights. It's so true. First night in Paris. It's magical, right? Well, that's what we've heard. Yes. Well, Lizette was is trying to help out there. <laughs> At least she did. <laughs> okay, so then what happens? So he says, well, we're having such a wonderful time, but I don't even know your name. And so she writes her name on the table and she writes p-a-u-l-e-t-t-e paulette which is not her name well she is in disguise remember <laughs> right so she she's ra- got a mustache and a little <laughs> strip of fabric across her face <laughs> and nobody wearing, knows who she is wait you actually it gets better <laughs> hang on to that thought she is wearing country girl's clothing she right. has nothing covering her face right and there's no mustache she put a flower in her hair <laughs> she did do that and she's written <laughs> she's her like name i'm don giovanni <laughs> She's just changed the tenor of her clothes is all. And she's written Paulette and he writes his name down. 
And she says, oh, there will be remembered forever. And he's. Do they like write on the table or is there like a paper over the table? They write on the table, but. I mean, I'm picturing it like a marble tabletop because when she says, oh, we'll be remembered forever. And he's, N- no, no, we won't be remembered forever because they'll they'll Wipe clean this tonight. Right, okay. <laughs> right? But the mystery. They'll just spray some Windex on it. <laughs> exactly. Paper towel. We're done. The mystery of this will remain. And so it, she <laughs> she's, she's like, oh, well, I don't mean to be mysterious, but I am mysterious. But. Why do you need to know about me? But I'm kind of enjoying this. So there's this, she, she's a little conflicted. She's loving what's going on. She's kind of encouraging. She's kind of not encouraging. But she's <laughs> he's like, you're pretty, but you might be a little crazy. <laughs> no, no, no. He's, he's just thinking she's, she's wonderful. Oh, really? Okay. Maybe she is the one I fall in love with really? forever. That is exactly where his head is. Uh-oh. Yeah. That's this is exactly not going to end well. So let's listen to the song which translates in English to why do you try so hard to figure out who I am essentially aha okay well if you've just tuned in you are listening to opera for everyone on 89.1 KHOL and on today's episode we are listening to La Rondine an opera by Giacomo Puccini So that was a, like a huge like, what are they saying? They're like, I love you. You're the you you you're just about nailed that. Really, <laughs> Ruggiero takes her hands and says, "I don't know who you might be, by which path you came, and why, but I feel a strange torment I can't understand. Ooh. Sweet and infinite. I don't feel that you are a stranger, but the creature that my heart has been awaiting." Ooh. Yeah. Sweet and infinite. Right. And this leads, of course, to the passionate kiss. Ah. Uh. And because we're in the middle of a cafe with all these frat boys that you referenced earlier. They're like, woohoo. 
are looking at you. Get a room. <laughs> That's exactly. They are. Shh, don't disturb them. Don't disturb them. Two hearts are becoming fused, they say. Oh, dear. Let's make, not make a noise. Respect love. Respect love. The fraternity guys say this? Oh, yeah. I find this hard to believe. Well, they were the ones who graciously oh, right, led yeah. her oh, to look, the table. Yeah. Oh, right. when, okay. So, you know, these Maybe are... they're kind of like feeling like good about themselves like taking credit like we put we made this happen look at right they they facilitated this lovely lovely moment Mm -hmm. totally totally and now it's time for a break with our comedic couple right (laughs) and so they have not yet noticed one another at this point well interesting you should mention that okay when lizette lizette turns and looks at magda she's like hey that's my and she goes, Shirt. oh, God, that's her. That's my mistress. Oh, no. Oh, no. And because she's thinking, because oh, I stole her clothes. I'm wearing her clothes. Oh. Right? That was not with permission. Right. That was at Prunier's urging. And Prunier looks at her and says, and looks at Magda and looks at Lisette and looks at Lisette and said, I don't know what you're talking about. The wine has gone to your head. That's that's not your mistress. Yeah. She's like, but that woman is wearing your shirt. <laughs> He doesn't notice. It's all, and and he says, well, that, yes, that is Ruggiero, the young man who was at her apartment. And Lisette knows, like, no, I'm, I'm quite sure of it. That's my mistress. I, I work for her every day. Of course I right. know who she is. And Prunier's like, no, I'm sorry. You're just, you're drunk. Mm-hmm. You don't know what you're talking right. about. He says, I'll prove it to you. And they walk over and they say hi to Ruggiero. And Ruggiero says hi to both of them. And he remembers Lisette. And Prunier says to Ruggero, please introduce us to your friend. And so Ruggero, of course, says, this is my friend. Paulette. Of course. And Lizette is just like, I don't know what world I'm in right now. Right. And she just keeps staring at Magda, thinking, well, you sure do look a lot like Magda. Magda. And Magda thinks this is hilarious, right? Just hilarious and so she compliments Lisette on her clothing uh well yeah because I was just thinking oh she's in big trouble now Buster but except they're playing this game well and also she's not married to this guy she's a she's a courtesan right and she's a kept woman but it's not like she's well she's just sitting right now as far as they know she's just sitting at a table having a drink with the guy right right so it's 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 actually fun and sweet and comical and Lizette finally (laughs) confesses now that she's gal pals with uh with Paulette with Paulette she says yeah I stole this clothing from my mistress right (laughs) because that's the kind of stuff I do (laughs) so and so Paulette says well you may want to be careful about that you might get you in trouble at some point right don't spill mustard (laughs) all over the front of that it was very expensive (laughs) it's my favorite shirt no, she doesn't. She doesn't let on. She doesn't let on. So Ruggiero, of course, is just he is he is desperately in love. He's just had that right. ma- that magical night the young man dreams of yeah. when he arrives in Paris. It's happened, and he wants to sing a song praising love. And the other patrons who are there in the cafe are happy to oblige. Yeah, and they're all sing down along. with that. So let's listen to this they lovely. Love love. Everyone loves love. Love. (laughs) Let's listen to the duet and chorus, uh, Praising Love. Since fate unites us, let's praise love. (laughs) 
So what? So Pat, bevo al tuo fresco sorriso. What does that mean? Well, that's the toast that Ruggiero gives to Magda, Paulette, as he knows her. Oh. I drink to your fresh smile. And oh. he continues, I drink to your profound gaze, to your lips that spoke my name. Mm. He, he's fallen hard. Yeah. He's well, fallen and he's real hard. apparently fairly poetic as well. I have yielded my heart to you, my tender and sweetest love. Guard my gift jealously so that it will live eternally within you. Huh. Does anybody ever think it's weird that people fall in love in like a half an hour in operas? I mean, on top of the, um, I'm wearing a thin strip of fabric over my face and now you can't recognize me or I'm wearing a different shirt and now you have no idea who I am. (laughs) Isn't it odd that he's like, he met this woman, they have a drink, they dance to a waltz, he toasts her and now they're in love. I think it's a bit of a convention in a lot of stories that, you know, a little bit of talking, a little bit of dancing, and boom. And boom. That's it. The next thing you know, there's a baby in a baby carriage. Uh, Right. Well, we're not going to go there, but after he says all this, Magda gives in. She And we knew from the moment we heard her talking in the apartment at the party, right, that she was longing for this this tug on her heart. She said, it is my dream that has come true. If I could only hope that this moment does not die, that my refuge will be in your arms and with your love, I would be too, too happy. I would want nothing more from life than to enjoy this infinite bliss that your kiss can give me. Wow. Let this hour be eternal. I am (laughs) yours. I am with you forever. So they've both fallen very, very hard here. And furious. Love is in the air. We also are going to find out that Lisette and Prunier are going to declare love for each other here. Oh. Our little... He's going to be like, yeah, I guess you're all right. I guess I kind of like you. And she'll be like, of course you do. Well, he's a poet. So he says, every kiss of yours is a stanza, Lisette. Every glance of yours is an easy rhyme. Because you are the first, you are the only one who has spoken to my heart. So even the sort of, sort of cynical Prunier speaks of love to Lisette. Aww. And she's receptive to his love. Well, that's good. So love is definitely in the air. And There's then, a lid for every pot, Pat. <laughs> so I've heard. So I've heard. Well, what's going to come in to complicate things, of course? Or who shall come in to complicate? Romaldo. Of course. Of course. Cause, of course. Because... Why is he there? Rombaldo? Yeah. Well. Because he's sitting at home watching Netflix and he's like, hey, where did everybody go? Something along those lines. So yeah. he just is like, <laughs> just goes down to the cafe. Or he might be looking for the woman he just gave the expensive necklace to because maybe he thinks that she's got some obligations towards him. Ah, copy that. Yep. I I. This is not spoken out loud, but right. that's my assumption. Right. So Prunier spots him first. It's like, oh no, Rombaldo is here. Because they've all witnessed this declaration of love between Ruggiero and Magda. And so does, do they now know that she's Magda? Well, Prunier knew all along. Oh, he right. was just okay. messing with Lizette. Copy that. Okay. And so Magda sees him. It's like, oh no, help me, help. Oh, oh, this is terrible. And Prunier tries to get Lizette to get Ruggiero out of the way like take him away just take him away right let's like let's just try to prevent a huge scene here just 
take him away, keep him away, and, and we'll see if we can handle this. And Romaldo is not a stupid man. He's seen more or less what's gone on. Uh. And Prunier looks at Magda and reproaches her. He says, you reckless girl, what have you done? Right. And Magda just sort of shrugs and says, well, a woman in love doesn't think. Right. And Prunier, now face to face with Rombaldo, says, uh, good evening, sir. <laughs> Hello, Rombaldo. How's it going? Uh-huh. <laughs> Fancy meeting you here. Yeah. Oh, hey. Oh, hey. What, oh, what do you, what do you, you want some loaded cheesy fries? I was just about to order some. Something like that. And he sees Magda. Magda sees him. And Magda shrugs and says, well, Rombaldo, I, I have nothing to add. You've, you've seen what you've seen. Rombaldo looks sort of suspiciously and says, well, this is nothing, nothing serious then, just an escapade. All right, let's go home then. Right. And Magda says, no, I'm <gasps> oh. staying. I'm not going to go home. She's and committed. And he says, yeah, great. Let's go home, Magda. Right. And she says, no, I am not leaving. I'm in love. Oh, my gosh. And Rombaldo says, what madness has overcome you? Magda says, don't you know what it is to thirst for love, to find love, and have a reason to live and find life? He's like, no, I'm, I'm pretty good. I don't need. He, does, he doesn't get it. She that. says, I'm staying. Let me follow my destiny. Oh, gosh. And he just stares at her in amazement. Just amazement. And she says, forgive me, Rombaldo. I'm sorry to bring you sorrow, but I can't do it anymore. I'm just not strong enough. And Rombaldo shrugs and says, well, may you not regret it. Huh. Bows stiffly and he leaves. Yeah. He's like, well, there's going to be another person who will do what I need them to do. Yeah. Uh, you're fine. A lot of people like my necklaces. Yeah. Get out of, <laughs> get out of my apartment. And we have a final moment when everyone has left the cafe and Magda is there, Ruggero returns and we have a sweet end of this act, act two, on a sweet sweet song between the two of them where he turns to her and says Paulette, our friends have gone. So let's listen to that final song of act two. Okay if you've just tuned in, you are listening to Opera for Everyone on 89.1 KHOL and on today's episode we're listening to La Rondine, an opera by Giacomo Puccini.
So now do we get to go have champagne? What? You missed your champagne? Is this it? Wait, what? Would it, well, it's the end of act two. Did we have an intermission between one and two? No, I'm not actually sure when the okay. intermissions are in this one. Because this seems like a great place to have a glass of champagne. They're fully in love. They're committed. Actually, it might not be a bad place to fortify yourself right here. Okay. Oh, so there's some action There's Well, we've got act three, don't we? Yes, we do. It's an opera, isn't it? Right. Yeah, it's an opera. So, Act Three, we open on the French Riviera in a lovely little seaside lover's retreat. Oh. And they're having tea in a beautiful little garden terrace. Nice. It's so sweet. And they're singing about how much they they love each other. It's, it's almost saccharine how much they love each other. <laughs> We you know we came here to hide our love, and here we are, and our love grows stronger every day. And I, I didn't know I could love you so much, and it's just, it's a bit much. Right. Okay. But they do. They love each other very, very much, and they're declaring all this. So you're just sort of waiting for like, well, it's not going to be an entire act of love declaration. I'm waiting for the other shoe to drop. Yeah. To be honest. Absolutely, you are. But before we go on with that, I should mention about Act 3, because it is an act that many critics are not fond of. Act 3 comes in for a lot of criticism, oh. because it it doesn't necessarily feel of a piece with the other two acts. Huh. I find it works for me, and I will make the argument as to why it works as we go along. Okay. But I just wanted to, to put that out there, that there are those who feel... Because it, it the, the tenor and tone of the opera do change notably in Act 3. Well... Nevertheless, let's go ahead and listen to this this love this gushy love song that they sing to each other. It's a it's a very pretty duet that they sing about how their love grows more and more each day here at the seaside, where they've gone to hide their love.
love. Sweet, sweet love. Cool and love. he even ends it saying, you deserve something special today. And she says, <laughs> oh, oh what? A that surprise? That sounds like a punchline. Set up to a punchline. A secret? And he said, yes. I was so careful because I didn't, I didn't want to tell you before I got an answer from my father. And he takes some papers out of his pocket and he says, it's been three days since I asked for money to relieve our problems. And he pulls out, look, every pocket has bills, requests for payment. And she kind of knows what's going on. And he laughs. He says, yes, we'll go begging soon. Who wants to open their doors to two homeless lovers? So these, they have this glorious seaside home on the French Riviera because that's the kind of people they are and that's how they live. But they've got no money to pay for it. So, uh-huh. so he's written to his family for money and then the real surprise comes. And he says, yes, I've, I've also written to get my parents' permission to marry you. Oh. And Magda's excited, you know, she's pleased about the money. But when he mentions marriage, everything freezes. She goes, you, uh, you didn't do that, did uh, you? Uh, uh. And Ruggiero says, but, well, of course I did. Isn't that what you wish? And Magda's essentially stammering. Um, I didn't know. I didn't expect. I what you what did you do? <laughs> and he says, "Well, of course. Why wouldn't I do it? Uh, I I don't know. Uh, just uh, fill me in. Fill me in. What tell what?" <laughs> and he sings about his home in the country. And I want you to come to my home. And my home is so beautiful. And he tells her all about it. And he departs the stage and she's left in the stage and she's just in tears she's yeah she's like what have i done she's crying she's she says what can i say to him she says do i i continue in silence or or do i confess what how do i how do i solve this problem right because then his dad is going to find out everything. and Right, because his parents have said, son, if it's it's someone that you've fallen in love with, I'm sure she's a wonderful girl. Yeah. And, and she's thinking, yeah. I'm not a wonderful girl. The jig is up. Yeah. So she is, she was loving their life, and now it's gotten Reality. real. Reality. Yep. That was the other shoe. That was the other shoe. She said, should I continue this deception? so that I can keep him to myself or uh, what do I do and she's just in agony and she goes into the house trying to figure it out and in moments of intense emotion who shows up Pernier and Lisette aha <laughs> of course <laughs> well and they come in <laughs> And Lisette looks around. Is she here? And Prunier is like, I don't know. I don't know. Where is she? Where is she? And they keep looking for her and they are bickering with each other. And it turns out as they're bickering with each other, time has elapsed. And what we learn is... She's pregnant. No, that is not what we learn. Prunier says, I wished to give you your glory. And Lisette says, calm down, buddy, just calm down. Lisette said, I would rather you'd given me my life than, than let me be booed off the stage like that. So what we learn through this conversation is she wanted to be an actress. 
Oh. And he helped get her up on stage. And, and she, she was, was horrible. A flop. She stunk up the stage. <laughs> it was terrible. It Poorly was Zed. terrible. And it was just awful. And essentially, she's come groveling back to Magda to become a maid again. And Prunier's like, yeah, take her, basically. He's oh. delivering her back to Magda. And Lisette is quite happy to go. And she she very emphatically, ever the saucy maid, says to Prunier, you've annoyed me too much, too many criticisms. Oh, no. She's <laughs> like, I've had it with you. So she remains proud and essentially blames Prunier for all the problems. Yeah, and she, for humiliating her. Right. So she's done with all of that. So they do sing about it. Well, and it promises to be a, a, a good song. Well, let's listen. Okay. So what have they decided? Well, Prunier and Lisette have decided it's best for each of them to return to their lives as they were. Prunier says, I give her back to you, he says this to Magda. The artist of one evening will again be a maid. (laughs) Oh, so she... (laughs) Her dream didn't pan out. Right. So interestingly, he says to Magda, pointing at Lisette... 
Can't you see that now she's a happy woman? The old spirit begins to beat again, Magda. You should be like her, and one day abandon the illusion that you believe is life. Well, he's the one that started all this, getting all up in her palm and telling her to fall in love and blah, blah, blah. Love is great. He's a poet, not a realist, but he's trying to get real here. It's an interesting point he's making, though, isn't it? Well, yeah. Tell me again about the swallows of your youth. Oh, Tweety and Sweetie. Yeah, they came back every spring. They They came back. Yeah. And until one of them met an untimely demise and then there was just Tweety. But at any rate, the swallows come back. They return. They return. They don't just take off. Mm-hmm. They don't follow their dreams somewhere else and They're say that silly little else. swallow dreams. So we remember the title. La, La Rondine. Rondine. So Lisette has returned, hasn't she? She has. And I, I love Prunier has an exit line, a fabulous exit line. I'm going. I have nothing more to do with you people. And he <laughs> he leaves. Having deposited Lisette, Lisette puts on her white apron, says, my folly is over. I'm ready. I'm getting back to work. Right. I'm back in your service, madam. Yeah. And then what happens? Ruggiero gets a letter from his mother. Mm-hmm. And Ruggiero's just like, there's little little birds and hearts yeah. flying all over oh. his head. He is just so in love. And he is so happy because his parents are happy for him. And he... He sits down and he yeah. talks to her. He's like a golden retriever puppy. Oh, he, he absolutely is. And he even reads in the letter, If you know that she is good, humble, chaste, and virtuous, may she be blessed. And this just crushes Magda. Just Right. Because she's not humble, virtuous, chaste, or no, whatever. No, she's not those things. No. But he does love her. And she does love him. But... She fears that's not enough. In fact, she knows that's not enough. Yeah. After, particularly after he's shared with her his country home and the values of these country folk, and she just knows she's not a part of that world and can't be a part of that world. And so when he shares that his mother has written, please give her a kiss from me, she says, no. No, I cannot receive a kiss from your mother. And he's astonished. What? Why? She says, I can no longer deceive you. Oh, dear. My past cannot be forgotten. I can never enter your home. And he's, he doesn't know what to think. She says, Ruggiero, I came to you tainted. And Ruggiero thinks and says well it's not important and she says you don't understand I have passed amid shame and glitter triumphantly Ooh, shame and glitter I know isn't it it sounds like that nice writing huh yeah you gave me a treasure your trust and your love and I have deceived you but no more I can be your lover but I can never be your wife and she says my agony is great and I feel like I'm dying. And and Ruggiero, realizing yeah. essentially he's being dumped, is sort of dying here yeah, as he's well. Having, he's having a hard time. And says, no, look at my anguish. And Magda says, no, your mother calls you. You must abandon me because I'm, I'm not worthy. I, I will ruin you. I will ruin your family. 
you cannot have someone like me in your family. Mm. And the final song of the opera, there is going to be some singing with Magda and Ruggiero, but really the impactful part of this final song is this huge tenor aria. But how can you leave me? And he is simply a broken man. Because remember, he's the one who told us when he loves someone, it's going to be that one person forever. And she ends it with the, the final line of the opera. She says, no, let the grief be all mine. And yet we have to remember the name of this show, The Swallow. Mm-hmm. And we have to remember what was said about Lisette returning where she belongs. Mm-hmm. And so we can also think about what Rombaldo said. I hope you don't regret this. Yeah, and she's likely to come back to him or to someone just like him. Right. So it's fascinating that this is the great love story. And I understand why people criticize this last act, but I think it's very well, strong yeah, it and very... the balloon. But very poignant about her her sense of reality because we're accustomed to love stories where the two lovers do go off. Yeah riding off into the sunset and it's all rainbows and unicorns and right and the and those it's those outside forces like the parents or something like that right. who are trying to get in their way but here it's it's her sense of decency for him yeah well in her past i and mean it's it's and maybe you know on some level maybe she doesn't want to to really have the life of a wife with him yeah well hard wow. to say Deep philosophical stuff today, Pat. Yeah, and lots of beautiful music. Shall we go out on some of that? Yes. All right. Well, thank you for listening to another episode of Opera for Everyone. We're wrapping up La Rondine by Giacomo Puccini.
Thanks for listening to another episode of Opera for Everyone. I'm Keely Heron. And I'm Pat Wright. If you like what you hear, please subscribe to our podcast on iTunes or SoundCloud. And like our Facebook page, Opera for Everyone, where you can also send us a message. We know that opera can be challenging. But everyone loves a good story. And a story set to music is even better. That's why our mission is to make Opera opera for for everyone. everyone.